chapter 8, verses 31 and 32. Again, as we did last week, I'll be reading from two translations, the NLT and the Amplified Translation. Again, that's St. John chapter 8, verses 31 and 32. St. John chapter 8, verses 31 and 32. And when you get there, say amen. We're reading the NLT, the New Living Translation, verse 31 of John 8 says, Jesus said to the people who believed in him, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. Verse 32, and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And then the Amplified translation of the same passage, verse 31, John 8, so Jesus was saying to the Jews who had believed him, if you abide in my word, continually obeying my teachings and living in accordance with them, then you are truly my disciples. Verse 32, and you will know the truth regarding salvation and the truth will set you free from the penalty of sin. This is part two of our sermon title, Truth, the Antidote for Fake News, Disinformation, and Lies. Father God, we come before your presence once again in Jesus' name just to say thank you. We thank you, God, for allowing us one more time to gather in your name. Lord, we're indeed living in the last and evil days. And Lord, we need you more now than ever before. Lord, with this, that, and the other going on in this world, in our country, in our communities, we look to you, the author and finish of our faith, to help us to sustain our faith, to help us to remain faithful, knowing God that if it had not been for you, we wouldn't have made it this far. So Lord, as we put our problems and troubles behind us, or if they're, we're beset by them, Lord, we know that you can help us to deal with them. We love you, Lord, and we love you more today than ever before. We say yes to your will, your word, and your way. For it's in the name of Jesus that we pray. With thanksgiving always. And all of God's people said amen, amen, and amen. Truth. The antidote for fake news, disinformation, and lies. It's no secret we're living in a post-truth age or culture. No secret. Post-truth has to do with the relating to circumstances 
in which people respond, listen, more to feelings and beliefs rather than to facts. That's this post-truth. And the problem of post-truth or in this age or culture is that a post-truth culture feeds on the denial of truth. And with that being said, we can also say that regardless of this culture's denial of the truth, if truth were to respond, we would find out that truth does not care what we think about it. Truth is what truth is. Regardless of whether or not we know it, regardless of whether or not we believe it, truth is reality. It cannot be denied. Remember Jesus said, you shall know the truth, listen, and the truth will set you free. Truth is, in fact, liberating. There's no question about it. But we need to understand that truth has fallen into hard times here in the 21st century. Truth is coming under attack. Y'all need to listen. In at least two different ways, making us vulnerable to ignorance and deception. Are y'all listening? Yeah. Understand I'm talking about truth, the antidote for fake news, disinformation, and lies. I repeat that truth is coming under attack in at least two different ways. And one way that truth is under attack is through relativism. Relativism. Relativism is the belief that there's no absolute truth. Only the truths that a particular individual or culture happens to believe. That's relativism. Understand, it used to be that truth was external and feelings were internal. It used to be. So when our feelings conflicted with truth, we used to push or set ourselves to bring our feelings into alignment with truth. But now in this American culture, we see a major push towards believing that truth is internal rather than external, individually determined, and that we can choose our own truth based on our feelings. And the belief that truth can be whatever I want it to be. That's what truth is in most circles or many circles today. And it's wreaking havoc in our government, in our communities, in our schools, and even in our churches. Because it leads us to act contrary to reality. And there is a price to be paid. Am I right about it? Not only is truth under attack because of relativism or that kind of mindset, but secondly, truth is under attack because of the fact that so many lies are being told nowadays. Am I right about it? Seems like it's just one lie after another. And, and, and truth is coming under attack. 
it, 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 people choose, listen, how bold folk have gotten these days. They choose not to hide it anymore, whether they're lying or not. They, 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 lies are willfully, consciously, intentionally spewed out. Spewed out with lies and face act like he ain't said nothing deep. Straight up, people are lying these days. They look up in your face and lie and know and know that they know that they're lying. In some cases, people become so straight up out front and center, they don't even care whether or not you know it's a lie or not. Remember we said in part one, are y'all with me, of this message last week, we said that believing fake news, disinformation, and outright lies, listen, we said it's a form of or type of bondage or slavery. Some of y'all remember that. In other words, bondage is about being controlled or constrained in some kind of way. But we must remember that Jesus said in verse 31 of John 8 to the people, and it's very, very important, who believed in him. He says, you are truly my disciples, conditional, if you remain faithful to my teachings. And then he followed up in verse 32 and says, as a result of that, you will know the truth. And this truth that I'm telling you and giving you is going to set you free. In other words, biblical truth, genuine biblical truth, will set you free, listen, from the control and misleading of fake news, disinformation, and lies. All right? Understand the freedom that Jesus offers is a spiritual freedom from the bondage of sin. That is, uh, he releases you or won't allow you to be bound by the sinful culture, the spirit that permeates our society today. Yeah. Yeah. Romans chapter 6, there's a few verses in there that I think would help somebody. Because we know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You got so many liars these days. Romans chapter 6, verses 6 and 7, and then verses 16 to 23. Romans 6. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Verse 6 of Romans 6 says, we know. There's some things God says you know. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified, put to death with Christ, so that sin might lose its power in our lives. Romans 6, 6 says, we are no longer slaves to sin. Verse 7 says, for when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. Y'all remember a little while ago I said we're saved right up from the penalty of sin. We're being saved from the power of sin. And eventually we're going to get saved from the very presence of sin. Some of y'all remember, y'all don't take no notes. When you ask the Lord to come into your life and save you, you got saved from the penalty of sin. You're no longer on your way to hell. That's what it is. 
But now that you're saved from the penalty of sin, I know I'm not going to hell. I still need to be saved from the power of sin. Hello, somebody. And in my, as I'm being saved from the power of sin, I know that at some point in the future, I'm going to be saved right out of the presence of sin. Oh, Lord, have mercy. We, we go, see, heaven is a real place, somebody. Y'all looking at me funny. Heaven is a real place. Jesus said that's where he was going to prepare a place for you and I. And after he got that ready, he was going to come back and get us so that we could be with him in heaven out of the very presence of sin. Can you imagine one day when you don't have to even be in the presence of sin? No more lying. <laughs> Can y'all imagine? I guess it's hard to imagine. Can you can you imagine being around? Come on, you can look at no more lie. I don't have to wonder whether or not he's trying to get my money, trying to get my honey, trying to get my job. Ah. Verse sixteen says of Romans six. Don't you realize that be that you become the slaves of whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose, it's a choice, to obey God, which leads to righteous living. Verse 17, thank God once you were slaves of sin, but now you wholeheartedly obey this teaching we have given you. Now you are free from your slavery to sin, and you have become slaves to righteous living. And because, verse 19, of the weakness of your human nature, I'm using the illustration of slavery to help you understand all this. Previously, you let yourself be slaves to impurity and lawlessness, which led even deeper into sin. Now, you must give yourself to be slaves to righteousness. Some of us, I don't like that word slave. You're going to be slave to something in life. Hello, somebody. You independent. You are slave to something. You're enslaved by something or someone. You say you shop until you drop. You enslaved to shopping. You're spending your money. There's some type of enslavement or bondage. Verse 20 says, when you were slaves to sin, you were free from the obligation to do right. When you were just a downright sinner. Nobody expected you to do right. Yeah. You were just doing what sinners do. Sin. Yeah. And what was the result? Verse 21. You are now ashamed of the things you used to do. Things that end in eternal doom. But now you are free from the power of sin. And have become slaves of God. Now you do those things that lead to holiness. And result in eternal life. That familiar verse 23. For the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Now understand before y'all get turned off somebody about a slave. A slave to righteousness is no big deal. But then again it is. It means we are connected to Christ and we partake of his divine nature. Well let me give you another way of saying it. We are allergic to to willful and deliberate sin. That's right. 
and we are addicted to Jesus Christ now. Maybe that'll help you. Romans 6.11 says, so you also should consider yourself to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. Oh man, it's, it's amazing how, and I was thinking on my way here this morning, I was, well last night, in the middle of the night, I'm thinking about how grateful I am to God for saving me. Yeah. You ever just take the time and say, Lord, I'm so thankful that yeah. uh, you saved me. Anybody ever thought that yeah. out there? Just say, Lord, I'm so grateful, I'm yeah. thankful. Elder, you ever just say, Lord, I'm thankful. I'm thankful that you saved me and I'm no longer on my way to hell. But there's still a struggle of wrestling with this sin thing. But uh, I don't sin as much as I used to. <laughs> Y'all looking at me funny. We're not sinless, but we're sinning less. Is that right? Understand the Greek word used for lawlessness. Or transgression of sin is, is the word anomia. And that word anomia means transgression or violation of the law or the condition of being without law, either through ignorance or violation of the law. In other words, sin is a transgression of the law. And so to sin is to violate the law. I don't want to talk about law. You've got to live under some restriction. You don't want anybody can do anything and everything they want to do to you. Suppose somebody was to look at you and say, I feel like slapping you. And walk up and slap your face because they felt like it. <laughs> Y'all looking at me. You want a law to say you can't just walk up to me, Cindy, and slap me without some kind of retaliation. There's laws against that. There's laws against you when I pull my car over for you to come up, put a gun in my face and say, get out. You gotta have laws. You don't want to be without law. God says, you need to understand righteous law is good for you. It glorifies me when you strive to be righteous. Am I right about it? First John chapter 3 verse 10 because you're not going to get away with just trying to do right easy because the enemy is going to come against you. Yeah. I, I, I meant to say coming here I was grateful to God and what have you but last night in the middle of the night it seemed like I was wrestling with demonic somethings. You know, no, I ain't, in the, I ain't getting spooky, but it was a victorious engagement for me. I wasn't suppressed by it, Elder. I wasn't beat down, but it was two people, me and somebody else who I didn't know and don't, I guess I wasn't supposed to know. They were being tormented and, 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 and assaulted by the, uh, the, these demons and, and they were running and couldn't hide and then the demons came over to me Pat. but I under the power of God and the anointing of the Holy Spirit rebuked the demon and said the blood of Jesus is against you and I put my finger out and they dropped yeah, yeah. out of my way yeah, yeah. because 
God, the Holy Spirit, let me to know I'm in you. And you're in me. And no demon out of hell can take you or your family. You can't have my wife. You can't have my children. You can't have my home. You can't have my mother. You can't have my health. Ain't no demon in hell. You can't loose your hold on my family. Like Lazarus still had grave clothes on. He needed help. Jesus said, loose him. Take that grave clothes off of him so he can move around. I said, Jesus told him to get up. No, Jesus told him to come forth. Had to straighten that out. He told him to get up. We got to go back and look at the commentary. Was it down? I just know Jesus said, come on out of there. 1 John 3.10 says, so now we can tell who are children of God, or you can tell, and who are children of the devil. Anybody who does not live righteously, that means perpetually living in sin, because all of us still make mistakes. All of us still sin. Anybody other than me still sin? Amen, somebody. Word, thought, or deed. Anyone who does not live righteously and does not love other believers does not belong to God. We don't like that. Man, I can't stand her or him. Matter of fact, I can't stand you. Well, <laughs> take it up with the Lord. You might not like everything I do, but you ought to love me anyway. Am I right? Matthew 7, 21, 23, New King James says, not everybody who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. Don't get impressed because people say, everybody say they know the Lord. Jesus says, but those, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven, many will say to me in that day, verse 22 of Matthew 7, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Have we not cast out demons in your name? Have we not done many wonders in your name? Jesus said, and then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. You've got to be able to, to discern. I'm not talking about judge. But there ought to be some fruit of those who are representing Christ. Am I right about it? Understand Jesus saying he does not know them means they do not have a saving relationship with him. In his reference to bondage or slavery, John 8.35, New Living Translation, Jesus said, listen now, this is important. Y'all going somewhere. Y'all need to stick close. A slave, verse 35 of John 8, the Bible says a slave is not a permanent member of the family, but a son, for that matter, or for that matter, a daughter is part of the family forever. A slave is not a permanent member of the family, but a son or daughter is part of the family forever. The people would have understood that, or they would have understood Jesus, because we need to understand sometimes we so impose our uh, Western contemporary understanding of biblical scripture that we don't get an understanding because you've got to go back contextually what is going on 
That's why we get so confused. We try to compare what the Bible is saying to what you understand as you understand what's going on in the 21st century. And you say it don't make sense because you're not looking at what the Bible is saying. There's context to what is going on. And when Jesus said these things that I'm telling you, the Bible says, the people back then would have understood that Jesus meant they were not members of God's family. That's what he was telling them. Despite their biological relationship to Abraham, because they were slaves to sin. And John chapter 8 verse 37 says, yes, I realize that you are descendants of Abraham. And yet some of you are trying to kill me because there's no room in your heart for my message. When you get people that tell them that they love the Lord and uh, they say, but they never want to be around the word. Yeah. I mean, never, ever, yeah. ever, ever. Yeah. They don't want to come to church. Yeah. Okay, you can't come to church. You don't want to watch the word preached yeah. on social media. You're the kind of person that every time you come to church, it's taking too long. I wish you would hurry up. You don't say that when Beyonce is doing something. You don't say that when Jay-Z, you want them to, too, matter of fact, I paid my money. I want them to stay for two hours. But when it comes to the word of God, give me 10 minutes and you're done. I'm glad we don't have that problem. You got some services where they have a homegoing service. They sing, they scream, they, you know, holler. And then uh, it might take an hour. And then when the preacher gets up, they said, five minutes is too long. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Jesus said, if you are truly descendants of Abraham, you would act differently. Am I right about it? If you don't have the truth, somebody, you may have to settle for being a slave or held in bondage to whatever the fake news, the disinformation, the lie is telling you. I'm talking about truth, the antidote for fake news, disinformation, or a lie. Now we need to understand, here's where I'm going, y'all. Y'all need to get a pencil pad, you need to take some notes. Need to understand the impact of a lie is dependent on what you do with it. Yeah. Hello, somebody. Yeah. Are you the kind of person, somebody, anybody just come up and tell you anything? I hope not. Hello, somebody. The only time, maybe you are. Let me not assume that maybe you do listen to everything everybody say. That's why I say when I preach the word, go look for it for yourself. Hello, somebody. Don't make it what Pastor Pointer said. Make it what God said. How will I know that? Let me check it out for myself. That's why I give you these scriptures. I said the impact of a lie is dependent on what you do with it. And a lie that is not believed and not acted upon is lifeless. It has no power on its own. We are the ones that give a lie life. Somebody. A lie doesn't have life in its own right. A lie tries to see where it can rest. Yeah. Hello, somebody. Yeah. There's lies everywhere. An ignored lie is just a deferred lie. But a lie counteracted with truth, truth is not deferred but defeated. Yeah. You got to be able to hear a lie and say, the devil is a liar. 
I heard what you said, but no, this is not what you, uh, God said. How am I going to know that? Somebody got to be reading the word sometimes. You're trying to get out of a jam and you're trying to do it because this is how you feel. God says you don't go by how you feel. You go by what I said. Because I might not feel like loving you don't mean I shouldn't love you. Just because I don't feel like forgiving you don't mean I shouldn't forgive you. Just like I don't feel like being with you don't mean I shouldn't be with you. God says you can't allow your feelings to, uh, to, 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 to define how you're going to act. Because your feelings betray you. I feel good sometimes. And other times I don't feel so good. But God's word is consistent. It never changes. Truth is God powered. Somebody said in an illustration. Let me give you this illustration. Then I'm going to give you some points and we're going to go home. Somebody said in an illustration that life is like a dinner plate. Every day is a new day dished out onto the plate of your life. And over time, your life, your plate will experience, listen, a vast range of every color, texture, and temperature. In other words, a plate left out overnight will be hard to clean in the morning. While you could scrub a plate with a scouring pad or elbow grease, an alternative to that is to soak the dish in hot water and dishwashing liquid. See, letting a plate abide or stay fixed to remain a certain way when you, when you, when you soak it in the solution will allow a challenging cleaning job to become a lot easier to become clean. This is what abiding in truth does for believers as they live listen surrendered and available to Christ and free from the cares of this world abiding in truth is the way committed believers experience victory over illegitimate spiritual bondage when we allow Look what God says. When you allow, you stop saying you couldn't help yourself. When you allow every temperament, every character, or lack thereof to permeate your plate. When you get inundated with feelings, you allow the presence, power, and practice of sin to settle in like a thick residue attacking your surface. In other words, much like the plate from the illustration. Our lives are held in bondage and enslaved by the sin covering us and seeking to saturate the core, the essence of who we are. That's what the core is. And once the enemy knows how to get to you, you can run, but you can't hide. He'll put the same thing on you until you learn how to stand and trust God for the solution. I said when we abide in the solution of God's truth as opposed to scrubbing ourselves in our own truth, it makes room for a much easier cleaning job. So the solution for believers is to practice, here we go, abiding in truth. And the way to practice abiding or living in truth requires, listen, 
gaining or gleaning biblical knowledge and rejected spiritual deception and applying spiritual truth, not fake news or lies. Abiding means hearing God's word, learning God's word, retain, retaining it, responding to it, and then obeying it. What good is it to know the truth but won't do what the truth tells you to do because you don't feel like it? See, when you soak in these solutions, you see the truth at work against the sin that holds you hostage and keeps you from clearing your place. Let me give y'all an example. I have a driveway, and when the snow's bad, I either got to get out and do it myself, and, and it, it, it's too wide. You, you need a plow, a, tr a truck, to really clear it out. Keisha, you need a truck to come up there. I mean, when it snowed the other day, I know somebody was praying for me. I said, I'm going to go down there, and I'm going to make me a pathway for two tire marks to go down the driveway. Then the first snow we had, and I was telling Brother Jimmy, the first snow we had, you could push it. I didn't tell my wife she watched me. All right, honey, she said, here you go. Um, I said, because she's going to say, you can't be out. It's too slippery, which it is. And if I fall, I done got two hips. I'm probably going to crack. They're going to probably rush me right to the hospital. But I'm being a man and say, I got to do something. Because I didn't tell you, the guy that used to plow, my son know this, used to plow my, 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 my uh, driveway, he stopped doing it because he got upset about something. And he thought it was me involved in it, which later he whatever. But anyway, he stopped doing it. So I was going to have to do it myself. And so the first time I cleared it out, and man, but the second snow we got, I got about five or six inches. So I said, no, nah, I can't go in there and clear that out. It's all stiffened, you know, a little heavier. And I called because the Lord told me, call so-and-so. I don't want to say his name. And the flesh said, why are you going to call him? He done rejected you and you ain't done nothing to him. He ain't come to, you know, he's been doing this for years and now he just stopped, won't even return your calls and all that because you didn't help him in a family situation. You didn't want to get involved and I didn't want to get involved in people's personal business. So I said, Lord said, you're going to do what I tell you to do. You don't feel like calling him because he disrespected you. But I'm telling you to call him back. I called him and he said, hey, George, how you doing? I'm saying, is this the same guy? He wouldn't, he wouldn't accept my calls. Put the answer in and wouldn't return them. This was last year. Stop. Lord said, call Hey, man, how you doing? I, 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 you know, I'm like, I, I'm like, what? I said, hey, man, uh, you still doing the play? He said, oh, man, I meant to do it last night. This is a true story. I said, oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. You still said the Sunday He went up $20. That's okay. He said, I'll be there in a few minutes. Less than five minutes. All he did is roll up, push it out the way. And then I opened up the garage door, handed him the check. And he wouldn't move. You know, awkward. Because whatever happened on his end, God did something. Yeah. 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 
Whatever it happened on his end, God might have made him feel bad or say you shouldn't know whatever or whatever he was trying to get me involved in, work yourself out. I don't know. That's none of my business. But somebody must have told him, you know, that's the reverend that you're doing that or whatever. And he wouldn't move after I gave him. He looked and he said, thank you. And the Holy Spirit, I said, man, you all right? How you doing or something like that? And he went to shake my hand and he shook, but he don't never do that. And I shook when I said, happy new year. And he went, man, he said, I'll see you the next time. And I closed the door down and God says, you didn't feel like doing the right thing. You didn't feel like it because you felt disrespected, ignored, all those kind of things. But I was gonna use you to help him. And I need some obedient men or women that's going to stop going by what they're feeling. And maybe I'm using you or trying to use you to help somebody else. And by me being over, I had to humble myself. Yeah, yeah. Eat up my pride. And by doing that, God got glory. Because I know he went back and said, that God that he talks about must be all right. Because he didn't get mad with me. He didn't cuss me out. He didn't fuss me out. But the thing on my side, I said, honey, we got the driveway done. Because I was obedient to the Lord. We got to get out of here. Stop working so hard in your own strength to deal with the weight of the world on your plate. Understand that lies have consequences. Y'all got to give me another five minutes. Lies have consequences, and there are a number of them. And I want to leave y'all with some of these consequences of lies this morning. Y'all need a pen. You don't get it, then you're going to run in, and I'm saying, well, Lord, so I tried to give it to you. You want to get this. And I want you to know that accepting and believing lies do indeed have consequences. And as I hasten to a close, first of all, you want to be set free from the consequence of lies, which creates or causes, first of all, loss of credibility. That's what, that's what believing a lie and being a part of a lie will do. It'll cause loss of credibility in your life. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 22, says, The Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in those who tell the truth. So when you lie, you risk losing the trust of other people. Is anybody in here that loves, I mean, likes to hear a lie from people? I, I'm getting ready to ask, do you know any liars? But y'all start looking around. I, I ain't want to do that. Somebody said, my husband, my, 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 my son, my, my, my wife, my, my boss is no. See, a good reputation is hard to rebuild once it's been tarnished. Am I right about it? And when somebody is fake, you have no idea what to believe and whether or not you can trust them. Am I right? Not only loss of credibility, that's number one, but secondly, if you want to be set from the, free from the consequences of sin, y'all better get this, dishonesty, dishonesty, mm, dishonesty is the second thing you want to avoid. See, dishonesty or lying breeds more dishonesty. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 4 said, Wrongdoers eagerly listen to gossip. 
Liars pay close attention to slander. You got some people, all they do is look for bad news. Girl! But then the men think, say, guy, because guys gossip too. Not much. No, I don't want to get down in trouble with the women. Wait a minute. Men and women gossip. Can I put it that way? And one lie leads to another. Which creates a web of deception that becomes difficult to untangle. And Proverbs 17.4 is a reminder that dishonesty can spiral out of control. I didn't mean for it to get that bad where you started it. And it can lead to negative consequences for both the liar and people around. But there's another consequence, number three. Lying can lead to punishment. Hello, somebody. Y'all with me? Proverbs chapter 19, verse 5. A false witness will not go unpunished, nor will a liar escape. I'm reading the Bible. The Bible warns us that lying can result in punishment in this life and the next if we don't repent and accept Jesus Christ as our sacrificial savior. Proverbs 19 and 5 says a false witness will not go unpunished. I know you got people you hear on the news every day. They lie and you say God just letting them know. It's only a matter of time. I, I must admit sometime I say Lord why don't you do something with this one and that one right away because God says that's not your business. That's right. That's right. Anybody here ever think people are just getting away with too much? Anybody just say, why don't God just do something? Anybody ever thought that? But not only loss of credibility, not only dishonesty breeds more dishonesty, not only lying can lead to punishment, but lying damages relationships. I'm not even really unpacking all this. I'm just going through because y'all can get this on your own. Lying will damage a relationship. Proverbs 26, 28 said a lying tongue hates its victims and flattering words cause ruin. In other words, when trust is broken in a relationship, you got major issues. Hello, somebody. And that can lead to long-lasting damage and even the end of important connections. And in this verse I just gave you, we see that lies can cause harm to not just you, but to other people around you and mess up your relationship. I'm almost done. Not only loss of credibility, y'all got that? Not only dishonesty breeds more dishonesty. Not only thirdly, lying can lead to punishment. Not only number four, lying that damages relationships, but number five, lying is a sin. Period. Exodus chapter 20, verse 16. One of the Ten Commandments is that God considers bearing false witness a sin. In Exodus 20, 16, it says, you shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. Don't lie on people, in other words. Hello, somebody. It's important to tell the truth. Not only loss of credibility and dishonesty breeds more dishonesty and lying can lead to punishment and lying damages relationships and lying is a sin, but number six, God hates lying. Understand he never stops loving the liar, 
but he hates your lies. Y'all missed it. Anybody other than me ever lied? Let me see your hand. Ever lied? Ever, ever. Anybody lied in the last six months, I'm putting it. I won't say to yesterday or the day or last week. God hates lying. Proverbs chapter 6, and I'm almost done. Proverbs 6, 16 and 19. Y'all need to get these passages. It says there are six things the Lord hates. Then it says, no, seven things he detests. Verse 17 of Proverbs 6 says, haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that kill the innocent or shed innocent blood, a heart that plots evil, feet that race to do wrong. Verse 19, a false witness who pours out lies. A person who sows discord in the family. God hates lies. And God hates or dislikes or is against a person who sows discord in a family. You know any troublemakers? You better get out of their way because God going to deal with them. You know troublemakers in your family? I didn't say your family, but somebody else's family. Yours too. Give them all the room they can because God going to deal with them. You know any troublemakers in the church? Not this church. Abyssinia don't have any troublemakers. I'm talking about other churches. Give them room. Because God says, I got it. The Bible is clear that God hates lies. Am I right about it? As I hasten to close, not only loss of credibility, dishonesty breeds more dishonesty, lying can lead to punishment and damages relationships and is a sin and God hates lying. But lying can lead, y'all want to get this, to a hardened heart. When you keep on lying and listening to lies, it can lead to a hardened heart. You're no longer sensitized to the Holy Spirit. You know what a hardened heart is, don't you? It's unable to perceive. It's unable to understand. It's unable to see, it's unable to hear, and unable to remember. Some of the people come to church and don't remember nothing because you don't take notes. You just rely on it, and the enemy wants you to do what you always do. Just say you're going to remember. You know you're not going to remember because if you're a saved person, the enemy don't want you to remember. He don't want you, and then you keep on saying it don't work for you. It works, you just don't take notes. You don't allow, allow it to work for you. Am I right about it? The Lord's authority, he wants us to do what we need to do. Put off your old self. Am I right about it? But there's one last thing, and I ain't going to say all these six, seven. Y'all got it. The last thing that lying will do is it creates distance from God. It creates distance from God. 
Why would you think God would want to be close to you if you do all you do is lie? It creates space. And why would I want to allow anything or anyone to create a space or distance me from the God who cares for me? He's done so much for me and you. Psalms 5, 4, and 6, and I'm going to take my seat. says, oh God, you take no pleasure in wickedness. You cannot tolerate the sins of the wicked. Therefore, the proud may not stand in your presence. I say, God ain't going to be around you. For you hate all the Lord who do evil. You will destroy those who tell lies. Am I right about it? The Bible says the arrogant cannot stand in your presence, God. Let me ask you this morning. Have you run into or entertained any fake news or lies lately? I'm talking about the antidote is there for you. In spite of what the news is saying, we don't have to listen to all the lies. Am I right about it? In other words, people are born straight to hell because they choose to believe a lie over the truth. Am I right about it? But let me tell you as I sit down, let me tell you about some good news. About the good news. I'm so glad that the bad news is not the last news. Am I right about it? The good news is that by grace, we've been saved and that not of ourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works. So none of us can boast. There's more good news. We've been forgiven of our sins. There's some more good news. Even when I do mess up, all I got to do is fess up if I confess my sins. God is faithful and just to forgive me for my sins and to cleanse me, cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Am I right about it? Wait a minute, there's some more good news. For we know, 2 Corinthians 5, that this when this earthly tent is taken down, we don't that we have another place. We have a house in heaven, an eternal body made for you and I by God. Am I right about it? I don't know about you, but the good news is that one day, one day, one day, we shall wear crown when it's all over. It's going to be all over one day. We're going to wear God. I'm going to put on my robe. Tell the story that I made it over. Am I right about it? As soon, as soon, as soon as we get home, we're going to see his face. I'm going to put on my robe. I'm going to tell my story how I made it over. Ain't God all right? He's good. He's good. He's good. He's true. Say yeah. I love him. I 
loving more today than I did yesterday. Ain't he alright? Ain't he alright? Say yeah.